Hello and welcome to Season 6, Episode 16 of Twin Talk MN. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today, we have a great episode. Because, Andrew, the NBA Finals are heating up so fast. Andrew, right now, we have had four games in this series. It's just crazy. Another classic series. One for the record books to crown this year's NBA champion, which is enormous. Andrew, the MLB has been crazy. One team has had an unbelievable season. We'll have to look at what has been going on for them. Andrew... In the NFL, we have some other interesting news that we definitely need to discuss. And Andrew, then we can also look at our other Minnesota sports, which are definitely very interesting at this moment. But Andrew, let's jump right into the NBA playoffs. Andrew, when we left you, I believe we had the Celtics were winning the series one game to nothing. And we are about to go to game two of the series. Andrew, game two in Golden State with the Warriors being the home team. We definitely expected the Warriors to win that game, and Andrew, they won that game. It was fairly close, but just the Celtics turned the ball over too many times, and the Warriors took advantage and won that game. Andrew, in Game 3, moving to Boston, a lot of people thought the Warriors might be able to take it just with how good they've been in away games this postseason. But Andrew, the Celtics battled the whole way, and at the end, were able to pull it out to take a 2-1 series lead over the Warriors. Andrew... Two nights ago, we had game four in Boston with the Celtics as the home team. And a lot of people said, with the Celtics at home, if the Celtics can win this game, they're going to be up 3-1 in the series with at least one more game in Boston, and they would have an amazing chance to win this series. And Andrew, for most of the game, the Celtics were up by a decent amount. They were up by a couple points for most of the game until the fourth quarter when they just let the game go. The Warriors took a decent lead pushed it to double digits late in the fourth, and ended up winning that game to tie the series 2-2. Two to two. That is where we stand at the moment. Andrew, the series at 2-2 two to two with two wins for each team. And again, this is a best-of-seven series, so first team to four wins in this series. So that means we have three games left at maximum and two games left at minimum. Andrew, right now, this series is crazy right now. The next game is in Golden State. I believe that game is tomorrow on Monday. And then the game after that, I believe, is on Thursday or so. I believe the next time we talk to you, this series will be over. Maybe we'll have Game 7 that night, a week from now. But I believe it should be basically over. But, Andrew, this series has just been unbelievable. Let's look at each team's side of this. Andrew, right now, the Celtics, they've been playing interesting, interestingly right now. They won Game 1. They lost Game 2. They came back to win Game 3. And then Game 4, they kind of let it slip away. Andrew, we've seen every single time in this series and a lot of times in the playoffs, after teams lose, they come back with that fire, that intensity to come back and win. Andrew, with Game 5 looming, pivotal, pivotal game. Every game's important, but again, 2-2. Whichever team wins will be 3-2 in this, in this series. And as we know before, about 80% of the time, the team that gets up 3-2 will win the series. Andrew, this game is absolutely e enormous. What do the Celtics need to do to win this game? What has been the key for them? I mean, Ryan, the key for them has just been to get their outside players of not Jaron Brown, not Jason Tatum, to go big. I mean, Ryan, in the two games they've lost this series, in both of them, their supporting cast has been horrible. But for some reason, those are Jason Tatum's two best games scoring-wise. Now, for that Celtics team, it's not as much about your star player having to take the load. For the Warriors, it is. When Stephen Curry goes off for 45 points, that's when they are winning. But the Celtics, when Tatum goes off for 25, but has a bad shooting game and has like three assists, they're losing. Right. The best way for the Celtics to win is when Jason Tatum has 
is, is when he has 12 assists, 14 assists, even 15 assists, and maybe 15 points, 17 points, a good shooting game. And nine, a big, big way for the Celtics to try to eke out wins is through Jalen Brown, who has just been phenomenal in these playoffs. Now, I still think that Jason Tame is better and he will have a better future. I just think that right now, Jason or Jalen Brown has been the better player and he has been the best player on that Celtics team. Ryan, turning over to the defensive side, a big thing that they have to work on, they have to work on, is just containing Stephen Curry. I mean, we knew that going into the series. And Ryan, through game one, game three, it looked amazing. Curry was didn't know what to do and he didn't know where to get the ball to when they were double teaming him and always had multiple eyes on him to make sure that he wasn't getting open looks. But Ryan, in the games they were losing, he's just going off. He's looking like the MVP. And Ryan, he is a very good player. But when you're in the NBA Finals and you're against this Celtics team and so good defensively, you cannot let him get open shots. You cannot let him just dribble through everyone and then put up a three. Ryan, you have to treat him like he is one of the best players, not like he is any old guy. Because he is not any old guy. He is the best shooter in NBA history, and you have to treat him like it. Ryan, I just told you what the Celtics have to do and what they have been doing to make sure they get this advantage in the series to win Game 5. Hopefully, then win the series, as you were talking about. Ryan, what can the Warriors do to win back-to-back games for the first time in a series of either team force that game six, make sure you take that and win this series. Ryan, how can the Warriors make sure that happens? Yeah, Andrew, for the Warriors, I mean, it all is on the defensive side, as you were just talking about with the Celtics side. I mean, for the Warriors, when they've been able to stop the Celtics' offense, their offense has been able to come up decently. It's just when they can't get stops and they're letting up too many threes. I mean, Andrew, we go back to game one. The Warriors' offense was great. This entire series, I mean, don't get me wrong, it has struggled definitely at times in Game 3. It definitely was pretty stagnant, for especially late in that fourth quarter. But for the most part, I think their offense has been decently. But I just think on the defensive side, when Draymond Green is in foul trouble, when he's not able to be as aggressive as he would like to, their defense is just not cutting it. Kevon Looney, an amazing rebounder. But it just feels like on the defensive side of the ball, he's not really able to stay with some of their better players like Jason Tatum and Al Horford. Andrew, also, it just feels like the Celtics are getting so many three-pointers. And just slightly, as you were talking about with the Celtics, the key is just for people to have good shooting nights. I mean, you've seen Marcus Smart go 7 for 11, 4 for 7 on threes. Al Horford go something like 6 for 8 on threes. You've seen guys like Jason Tatum shoot 12 for 19 overall. Those are winning numbers. But when you look at guys on the Warriors, when you look at Steph Curry, yesterday, he was unbelievable from distance. I believe he was something like 7 for 13 on threes. That is unbelievable, and that's going to win you the game almost every single time. That is why the Warriors just have to continue to keep their guys going and just make sure that their defense is always able to make sure that the Celtics shooters just don't get hot and that they're not able to get in and just forcing guys to take poor shots. Also, for the worst, I think Jordan Poole is a big X factor. I mean, we saw in game one, he was just awful. But then in game two, he really came alive. Game three, awful again. Game four, he really came alive. Again, those are the games that they won where he was good. And the games that he was bad in, they lost every time. He is going to be an extremely important player. Andrew, just looking ahead to predict what's going to happen in this series, what is your prediction for what's going to happen in this series? Which, again, the NBA Finals, this is where you make your legacy. This is history. We're going to remember this next year, two years, three years, five years, probably even 10 years, maybe even 100 years. 
We'll remember who won the championships. So, Andrew, let's see what is your prediction for who is taking home that James Naismith trophy. I mean, Ryan, it has to be the Warriors. I mean, I know I've been wrong a lot these playoffs. I know at first I thought the Sixers were going to win. And then I thought that the Heat were going to win the Game 7. I thought the Bucks were going to win Game 7. I thought the Suns were going to win a Game 7. And on all of those predictions have been horribly wrong. But Ryan, I just feel like from everything we've seen, from every single game that I watch, I understand more and more. I get more and more evidence. I see more and more reasons why. This Warriors team is just superior. I mean, I just feel like having the guys who have been there before helps so much. And there's no measure to how much. I mean, you can have a guy like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown who can both play great games. But let's say that they're up by five with two minutes to go. They don't know how to hold that lead. The Warriors do. They know how to come back from that small deficit in the final couple of minutes. They know what crunch time really is. They know exactly what play to run. Kerr takes the ball, gets a screen for Draymond, hits it over the pool, swings it over the clay, hits the three, down by two. Ryan, the Warriors know what they're doing. And in my opinion, the Celtics just don't. I mean, you can say, oh, Andrew, then how the Celtics win these games? Ryan, in the first game, the Celtics barely put out a win. In game two, the Warriors killed them. Then in game three, again, the Celtics had an obvious win. But Ryan, not commanding. Ryan, in game four, I mean, it wasn't a huge margin of victory for the Warriors. But Ryan, it was commanding. The Warriors are not the Celtics. I'm not going to say they're getting lucky. But Ryan, if we look at total points in this entire series, Ryan, the Warriors are doing so much better. I just feel like they have to be my favorite. And right now in the series, I would say Warriors in seven with Celtics taking game five. Warriors taking game six and seven to win the NBA Finals. Ryan, tell me, do you agree? Do you disagree? What do you feel like is going to happen? Who is going to win the NBA Finals? And then maybe throw in who you think the Finals MVP would be. Yeah, Andrew. I mean, I definitely agree with you. This Warriors team just seems unbelievable. Basically, as you were saying, just at the end of the games. I mean, we've seen this in every game in this series that's been close at the end of the game. I mean, just the Celtics look just out of sorts. I mean, don't get me wrong. As we've talked about before, they have a lot of good guys. You look at Jalen Brown, you look at Jason Tatum. These guys are definitely going to score double digits every single game. It just feels like at the end of the game, when it's crunch time, you only get maybe two, three offensive possessions, and you need, absolutely need to score on all of them. It just feels like the Celtics don't have those guys. I mean, yeah, they have a lot of good guys that you could give the ball to. But again, as we've talked about about a thousand times, or mostly I've talked about, that's not what wins championships. The guy, Steph Curry, who's going to knock down three threes in the last two minutes of the game. I mean, that is the guy that is going to just win you the big games when it comes down to the wire. Andrew, my prediction for the rest of this series, I think in game five, I think it's going to be a grinded out game. I think the Celtics are going to give it everything they got. But just on the road, I think they're just not going to be able to cut it. I think they're going to lose that game by a couple points in game six, heading back to Boston. I think that's, again, going to be another close game with, I think, the Warriors trying to close it out. But I think the Celtics at home with their fans behind them, just angry with their backs against the wall. I think they're definitely going to be able to come out, probably win that game by 10, 15 points, make it a series. But in game seven, I think the Warriors are just going to have a handily win. I mean, they're going to be angry. They're going to be at home. They know what is on the line. They know what their legacy is for them. Andrew, this Warriors team is going to win the series. There's very little doubt in my mind. But again, as you said before, we've been wrong almost every time. So I guess we'll see what happens. Andrew, anything, anything else you'd like to say about these NBA Finals? I mean, for the NBA Finals MVP, I mean, you got to look at Stephen Curry if the Warriors win. If the Celtics win, I mean, Tatum seems like the probable choice. 
But I mean, as you said before, Jalen Brown would not be shocked if he wins it. Or if you look at a guy like Al Horford, if he has another huge game possibility there. Andrew, do you think that Steph Curry is definitely going to be the finals MVP if the Warriors win? Or do you think maybe a guy like Clay, Clay Thompson or Jordan Poole has any shot at it? I mean, Ryan, I feel like after we saw Andre Iguodala take home finals MVP in 2014, anyone can win it. Anyone who's on that team who is not even in the starting lineup, I feel like, always has a chance of winning finals MVP. But when we talk about the favorite, when we talk about, in my opinion, who's going to win it, I mean, it has to be Stephen Curry. I mean, he's just the leader. He is the X Factor. He is the most important player in this series overall, Ryan, for the Celtics. I mean, you can talk about Jalen Brown having a good series. You can talk about Al Horford stepping it up on his last legs, hitting clutch threes at the end of both of those big wins. But, Ryan, I just feel like Jason Tatum is the guy. He And as I was saying, when he has a good game, when he has some good assists when he has a stable shooting game, that is when they win. Ryan, when Jalen Brown is having a great game, he's had great games and lost. I, I think that he's a great player, but he is not the guy who controls the series for the Celtics. He is not the guy where you're going to say, we're going to put the, put the ball in your hands with 10 seconds left. No, that guy's Jason Tatum, and in my opinion, whoever that guy is for either team, that's your finals MVP. Now, obviously, that's been wrong before, like in past years where it's not really that true that that was the guy who won Finals MVP, but in my opinion, that is how it should be judged. Ryan, by the next time we talk, the Finals could be over. We could see the entire NBA season conclude, and I cannot wait to see who takes home, who improves their legacy, and who goes home very, very disappointed. Ryan, are you ready to talk about the MLB? Because we are right in the thick of it. Ryan, right now, the average team has played roughly... A little less than 60 games, about 57, 58 for most teams as I'm looking, Ron. I mean, when I just look at the standings, the number one thing that pops out to me has to be the New York Yankees. I mean, the Twins just played in the series against them, and Ryan, we literally said our goal was to win one. Our goal was one. And Ryan, against any other team, I'd say, what? No, you got to take two of three. You got to at least win a couple games against these best teams if you think you're the best team. Brian, the Yankees are winning... are winning 0.724% of the games, 72%. Ryan, the next best percent right now that I see is the Mets with 65%. So we're looking at 72 and 65 as the number one and two best teams. And Ryan, you see both of those teams are from New York. Brian, just focusing on the Yankees. Tell me, this team is 42 and 16. And Ryan, you might say in basketball, you know, that happens, you know, some teams... You know, they're going to be really good. Brian, in the MLB, you could have one bad pitcher. One bad pitch. One play can you lose you the game. And they've only had 16 of those. Ryan, 58 games. Only lost 16. Ryan, just break it down for me real fast. How is this Yankees team so good? How is this Yankees team just so unstoppable? I mean, I understand that we've seen some great teams. I mean, the Astros have been good for a while. You know, the Yankees were good maybe a decade ago. Ryan, the Nationals had some really good years. Even the Dodgers right now, I'd say, are one of the biggest dynasties we've seen of the 21st century. Brian, this Yankees team is special. Tell me why this team is so good. I mean, on the outside, you know, you see Garrett Cole, you see Anthony Rizzo, you see DJ LeMahieu. Brian, those guys, I'd say, could maybe get you to a 600 winning percentage. Maybe winning 60% of your games. Brian, 72%. There's got to be something more than that. Yeah, Andrew, as you were just alluding to, 72% is unbelievable as that is. I mean, 
I would say little to no chance, probably a 72% chance that this doesn't happen. But right now, if the Yankees finish the season winning 72% of their games, folks, that would be the second greatest season in Major League Baseball history and the greatest season in over a century since the 1906 Chicago Cubs winning the World Series. That was, er, that, and that team lost the World Series. This would be the greatest regular season record since then. Andrew, again, when you talk about how, how, how are they doing this? I mean, there's a couple of things we got to look at. Number one, the biggest thing is health. I mean, we talked about this with every single sport. If you have all your best guys there, you have so many guys that are just that good. You are going to have an amazing season. I mean, we've looked at the Yankees for years and talked about how are they not winning. Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stan, DJ LeMahieu, now adding Josh Donaldson, guys like Isaiah Conor-Falefa, just and Gleyber Torres, just so many amazing players. Also, Aaron Hicks is one to name. Just so many absolutely unbelievable hitters. But Andrew, the pitching is why I think this team is able to go the distance. I mean, as you say, how do they just not fail? How are they able to just play so perfect? To, to just play so perfectly. And it's because their pitchers give them a chance to win every game. I mean, they have every one of their starters is in the conversation for one of the best starters in the league. I mean, guys, Jordan Montgomery, Nestor Cortez, Garrett Cole. These guys have just been unbelievable this, year, this season. And just every time they come in, they give their team an amazing chance to win. And what we talk about with a lot of MLB teams, if your pitching of your entire team can give up two or three runs, you're going to win a lot of games. Because if you're only asking your hitters to get three or four runs, you're going to win most of your games. And if you have Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stan, DJ LeMahieu, Aaron Hicks, all those amazing guys that I named earlier, if you have all those guys in your lineup, they're definitely going to be getting three or four runs basically every single game, just how talented they are. I mean, Andrew, when you look at what this team has been doing in just the last couple games, Last game, their pitchers gave up their pitchers gave up one run in the entire game. And they won that game easily. We look at a couple games ago against the Tigers. In that entire three-game series, their pitchers gave up three runs. Their, their pitchers gave up four runs in the entire three-game series. In the first two games, they gave up zero combined runs. Yeah, in game two, the Yankees only put up three runs. But again, their pitchers gave them a chance to win, and that is why they've been so good. In the Angels series before, first game, their pitchers gave up one run. Second game, their pitchers gave up one run. Third game, their pitchers gave up one run. Yeah, the Yankees won one of those games 2-1 to one because their hitters had an off day. But again, that's why this team wins so much, because even when their hitters have an off day and only put up one or two runs, their pitchers do so well that they still have a shot to win the game. And that's where a lot of MLB teams struggle, where each side is pointing at the other saying, you need to give up less runs. We need to score more runs. The Yankees, both sides are saying, don't worry, we got it. They have one of the best offenses in baseball and probably some of the best pitching in baseball. This team is just unbelievable this season, and they have so much they've just been dominating. And looking to a terrible team that has really, really been struggling recently has to be just the Los Angeles Angels. I mean, Andrew, before their win just a couple of games ago, let's see how many they had lost in a row. They had lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They had lost eleven games in a row before they just won two days ago, and then they lost yesterday. Andrew, this team has just been terrible. I mean, 
When we look at what was going on a week ago, they were in first place in their division, and now they're nine games back. Nah, it wasn't just a week ago, but it was just a couple weeks ago. They were at the top of their division, top of the league, dominating everyone. Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, both in the MVP conversation. Now, both of these guys are playing terribly, especially Mike Trout, who has just been awful this year, just atrocious over his last couple of weeks. I mean, this team is 1-9 in their last 10 games. I mean, the Athletics are 0-10 in their last 10 games, which is terrible, but they're clearly rebuilding Andrew, this Angels team. Not going to say they are selling out right now, but I mean, Mike Trout, he's not getting any younger, and you have not given him any winning really at all recently, and he is still, and they just keep on losing. But I mean, it's also his fault. I mean, he's playing terribly right now. He had this huge streak where he just could not get hit. He could not get on base. If they want to win, he's got to be playing like an MVP. Same with Shohei Otani because, I mean, this team is lacking other weapons for sure. Andrew, one other team that we are pretty surprised about right now is the Chicago White Sox. This team is 27-29 and 29 right now and only winning 48% of their games. Currently sit third place in their division, five games back of first place. Andrew, the key for this team has just been their pitching has just not been there. I mean, we l- love to see guys like Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn, but it just they've not been able to be there and just do that well. And it just feels like this team has just not been there defensively. It feels like they really need to step it up if they want to make a big push this season. Andrew, a couple other teams that have just been really interesting. Andrew, one team, the Giants, they're having a modest season, winning 54% of their games currently. But, I mean, with the Dodgers in that division, they have to pick it up. If they want to do anything this season, they've definitely got to improve drastically. Andrew, MLB season continues to be interesting. I mean, this Yankees team is just unbelievable. By the next time we talk to you, they probably would not have lost since then. This team has just been unbelievable. And maybe by the next time we talk to you, the Angels won't have won either. So, we'll have to continue to watch what is still happening in the MLB right now as it is just fascinating. Andrew, let's move on to the NFL, where Andrew, league right now, still in the offseason, but just definitely an interesting season right now. Andrew, I know last week we talked a lot about the about the AFC West, but Andrew, right now, we got to talk about the NFC West. Andrew, this division is really interesting. Last year, they currently have last year's Super Bowl winning team, the Los Angeles Rams. Andrew, as they look to build on an absolutely phenomenal season last year, obviously taking home that Lombardi trophy. And they also have the Arizona Cardinals, who last year were the number one seed for almost the entire season. Then in a huge losing streak at the end, and then lost in the first round of the entire NFL playoffs. They also have the Seattle Seahawks, who are clearly in a rebuild. And they also have the San Francisco 49ers, who played the Los Angeles Rams last year in the NFC Conference Championship game, but didn't have an amazing season. Andrew In this division right now, I mean, it seems kind of like a three-horse race with four teams. The Seahawks just definitely are in a rebuild right now. Doesn't really seem like they're interested in making the playoffs. But, Andrew, just when you look at this division, what jumps out to you? Do you think the Rams definitely going to win again? Do you think the 49ers or Cardinals is going to be better? Because last year, Andrew, this, this conference or this division was just crazy. It was unbelievable. So much interesting stuff happening. I just could not take my eyes off it. Andrew, will it be the same this year or different? Ryan, in my opinion, this is the literally the polar opposite of the AFC West, where we were saying, oh my God, there's four dominant teams. Who is going to win? Every team looks so good. Ryan, in the AFC West last year, we were seriously saying that we thought that 
possibly all four teams could make the playoffs. They were just that good, and no other team looked like they were up for the challenge. Ryan, this year, I think it's a two-horse race. You were saying three. You were saying the Rams and the and the Cardinals and the Niners. Ryan, I don't know what happened last year. I don't know how the Cardinals went undefeated. But, Ryan, what happened in the first half versus the second half, Ryan, I'm predicting a second half season for the Cardinals. Ryan, obviously last year, you know, we saw them just completely fall off a cliff. And, Ryan, I think t- this year they're going to start on the bottom of the cliff and never get back up. I mean, this Niners team, they're confusing as they come. I mean, they had a really horrible start. Almost the entire roster got injured. Ryan, they somehow got just enough wins to sneak into the playoffs as a wild card team. Won in the upset as the first round. Won the upset as the second round. Won the upset in the third round going to the NFC Championship game. Not being able to beat the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. But Ryan, still, I would call that a successful season. Ryan, if Trey Lance can be anything, even half of what they hope for him, or they can just have a slightly better team than last year, they should be very, very excited for this season. As the Rams, obviously Super Bowl champions. I mean, there's obviously that thing where in super long time, no team has gone back-to-back. Ryan, I would say the Rams have a decent chance to do that. I mean, they had a little shake-up in the wide receiver room. Obviously, don't have Robert Woods anymore, but he wasn't there last year. They don't have Odell Beckham Jr., got uh, Allen Robinson. I think they lost Van Jefferson to one of those guys. Ryan, I am very, very interested to see if this team can make it back to the Super Bowl. I definitely think they have it in them. Ryan, with the Seahawks, I mean, last year, I feel like people kind of saw that, you know, this team wasn't working. There was no way they were going to be as good as they were as they were the last couple of years. Ryan, Russell Wilson getting injured, just topped that off, basically said that we are barely holding on. We are holding on by a thread. No way we can continue like this. Made some offseason switches. Obviously, Russell Wilson is no longer there. Ryan, I'm sorry if you're a Seahawks fan. I have a couple friends who are, but this team is in some deep trouble. You know, you obviously got Metcalf and Lockett who are trying to make worth it, but I just don't like it. Ryan, another storyline that we have been seeing is the quarterback carousel. Ryan, one that I'm very interested in to see what happens is Baker Mayfield. Ryan, we obviously have the... We obviously have the Browns who signed Deshaun Watson, who we know is getting suspended for at least the first six games of the season, possibly more, still monitoring his case. Ron, I have no idea why, but the Browns are saying they really want to trade Baker Mayfield. They really do not want him to be their quarterback for the first six games, which I feel like would be perfect for him. You know, give him a couple games, show other teams, hey, this guy's pretty good. Then once Deshaun comes back, you chip him over to someone else. But Ryan... For some reason, they are intent on not having him day one. So, Ryan, who should be? Which team should be saying right now, we got to get Baker Mayfield. We will trade maybe even a third-round pick to go out and get Baker Mayfield. He, We need him to be our guy. We need him on our team day one to start this season. Ryan, which team should be drooling over Baker Mayfield right now? Yeah, I mean, Andrew, it's interesting not to put it that way because Baker Mayfield has been by far, I mean, just one of the most talked about, most polarizing figures in sports over maybe, I would say, the last five years since he's been drafted. Again, this guy was the number one overall pick out of Oklahoma after winning the Heisman Trophy, which goes to the best college football player. Just extremely interesting to see this guy. Just, he was drafted to the Browns. He was supposed to save the franchise after they were 0-17 with the worst season in NFL history because they didn't win any games. Then, they end up having a couple of decent seasons and make the playoffs. And they were not, like, a terrible playoff team. They were a fairly good team. 
but Andrew, it always felt like he was not the reason for their success. Now, Andrew, some people say it's the same as Jimmy Garoppolo. If the team is winning and the quarterback is obviously the most important, give the quarterback some credit. Some people are saying he deserves no credit. He made them worse and they were only good because they didn't use him and everyone around him was good, which is also a theory. Andrew, a lot of people talk about the cycle of him where everyone thinks he sucks, then he plays decently, so everyone thinks he's amazing, and then he plays decently, so everyone thinks he sucks again. This guy is just extremely interesting, but I mean, the problem is just, he's extremely unreliable. What is he now, 26, 27? This guy is not some young guy. Ooh, what's going to happen? We know what's going to happen, but a lot of people say as well, he had very poor wide receivers, and I mean, what's going to happen if he got some good wide receivers? Could he actually be a decent NFL quarterback? Andrew, personally, there are a lot of teams I mean, basically any team that hasn't committed to a long-term option that I would say, you know what, throw a third-round pick, throw a fourth-round pick, maybe throw sixth and next year, fifth-round pick or whatever at the Browns and just pick them up. I mean, you never know with guys in the middle of their career, but I mean, nobody should be drooling over this guy. He is, I mean, does he deserve to be a starting QB? Possibly. Is he at the caliber of a lot of other starting QBs? Oh, yeah. Would I take him over Zach Wilson? Oh, any day of the week. Would I take him over a guy like Jared Goff? Probably. But again, would I want him as my starting quarterback? No, because all the starting quarterbacks that he's better than, they're all younger than him. They all have a lot more potential than him. They all are better leaders than him. Baker Mayfield's not a leader. He doesn't have a lot of potential. This guy is going to be a decent quarterback. He's probably not going to ruin your team, but he's definitely not going to help it. And basically, every team that has a quarterback order than him is better than him. He is just in a very poor position right now. If I'm him, I just become a backup on a team that has some quarterbacks that they're not exactly sure who it's going to be and just basically just try to win a job there. But I mean, Baker, he had his chance in Cleveland. I mean, and again, as I said, they won, but it was clearly not a lot of his doing, and he had his chance, and they felt like they couldn't use him, so they went to get Deshaun Watson, and I respect that. If you don't feel like the guy's helping you, and you gave him a couple years, then yeah, I think it makes sense to not give him another, to not give him many more chances. I mean, I think he still is a decent NFL quarterback, but I just feel like at the moment, he doesn't deserve to be a starting one, or definitely not on a great team at that. Andrew, NFL season extremely heating up again every week. We'll just talk about some of the larger storylines around the league. Andrew, let's move on to our Minnesota sports teams. Andrew, right now, the Minnesota Twins are in an interesting situation. We have terrible injury news. Our number one overall prospect, Royce Lewis, number one overall pick in 2017 in the MLB draft. He has torn his ACL again. He will be out for 12 months. Let's remember, this guy was drafted five seasons ago and has played 20 games in all of the pros. Last year, he was just ready to play and then tore his ACL. This year, he was coming off that torn ACL, came back about a month ago, was playing absolutely phenomenally, one of the best rookies in the majors, and now he has another torn ACL in the exact same knee, and he'll be out for 12 months, which means he'll miss about half of next year, and even when he comes back, he probably won't be 100%. Andrew, that is just terrible. And right now, the Twins are doing decently. I believe for three games ahead in first place in our division right now, which is decent. But again, we were able to take one game from the Yankees. Right now, we won our first game in the series with our with when we're playing the Rays. Andrew, the Twins just got to continue winning games. The pitching has been struggling. Sonny Gray is still injured. We got to get guys like Chris Archer and Dylan Bundy 
back into four innings, one run. If they can do that, I'm completely fine with that. I don't love our bullpen, but again, I'd much rather have four innings, one run than six innings, three runs with the way our hitters have been as well, Andrew. I also feel like on the hitting side, we've got to get some more guys going. On the pitching side, you've got to love to see what Joe Ryan's been doing. And again, I love the guy, Yohan Duran. I love the way he's been pitching in relief. Feels like every game he comes in, and then I can breathe easy once he comes in. And again, on that pitching side, you've got to love what Joe Ryan's been doing. I mean, maybe not dominating right now, but it feels like every time he comes in to start, as we've talked about before, he is able to make to give your hitters a chance to win the game. He's probably going to give you two runs, maybe three runs in the entire game. So you got to, as you're the hitters, I mean, again, that's not super easy to score. But again, if you if our pitchers are giving up three runs, our hitters should be able to win games like that. The pitchers got to limit other teams to three or four runs because our hitters, they're solid, but we cannot be really giving up more than three or four runs on a daily basis. Andrew, Twins look pretty solid right now, but Andrew, let's look around to some of our other Minnesota sports teams. Andrew, the Minnesota Timberwolves right now aren't really engaged in any trade talks, but I mean, with the NBA draft coming up, a lot of people are talking about a lot of guys that we want. It seems like we definitely should be interested in a center. Definitely will be interesting to see who we grab. Andrew, let's look at the Minnesota Lynx right now. Andrew, the season, again, is not going extremely well. Again, it's a pretty short season, but most of the teams make the playoffs, so hopefully we'll be able to. But Andrew, it just feels like right now, the way they've been playing right now, I mean, the record kind of says it all, just not really going the way they want. They've had a lot of decent games, but just feels like they can't really get it going. And right now in the Western Conference, we are in last place. We are in second to last in the entire 12-team league. And right now, we are 3-10, and winning 23% of our games, which is two games behind the second worst team in our entire conference. Again, only the four worst teams in the league miss out, and right now we are second to worst. And right now, the team is just not really doing that well. I mean, you can tell that they're really missing just that star veteran leadership. I mean, yesterday, two days ago, we lost by 17 points. Just a pretty dismal game. And just it just feels like it's really tough. I mean, already the team was struggling. But now with Sylvia Fowles, basically our only decent player injured, I mean, we need other people to step up. And it just feels like it's really going to be tough. Kale McBride has had a decent season. But I mean, two games ago, when they only put up 20 when they only put up 59 points I mean she had just an awful two points in that game I mean she's got to be better the team has to be better they need people to step up and I mean the question remains if they're going to be able to step up or if it's just going to be a rebuilding season and just if they're not going to be able to win a lot of games this year Andrew should be interesting to see if they're going to be able to win this year but I mean right now they're going to have to bit to have a big turnaround this year and they're definitely going to have to improve I mean, this is where it's pretty interesting. Andrew, when we also look at the Minnesota Vikings right now, Andrew, what is going on with this, Minnev- with this Minnesota Vikings team? Again, been pretty crazy. We have our new general manager. We have our new head coach. We have a lot of new people in the building. We've lost a lot of pieces, but we've also gained a lot. Andrew, this team definitely is going to have an interesting season. But, I mean, when we look at this team, one thing that I just feel like we really need to talk about is our offensive line. I mean, right now, our offensive line has been decent for a couple of seasons with Brian O'Neill making a Pro Bowl last year. I feel like that was huge for us. But, I mean, we still just have a lot of holes. I mean, Garrett Bradbury has been fairly reliable. I mean, I guess we can use Ezra Cleveland. I guess we can use Dakota Dozier a little bit. But it also just feels like we just need to add a little bit more depth around our offensive line right now just to make sure 
that we're going to have a great season. Andrew, should be interesting to see what the Vikings do. But let's move on to our birthday of the day. Andrew? Yeah, Ryan, today the birthday of the day is Drew Holiday. Ryan, he is the Bucks point guard right now. And Ryan, last year after the NBA Finals, which because it was a weird COVID season that got started a, a month where the Finals went even longer than anyone has ever gone. Ryan, because of that, the it started to interfere with the Olympics and the Team USA basketball team was already out there. So Ryan, there was rumor that after the finals was over, anyone who was going to participate would fly down together. Now Ryan, people start to realize that after you just lost in the NBA finals, do you really want to be in a 13-hour plane ride with the team that just beat you? Ryan, the players going were Devin Booker from the Phoenix Suns who lost the NBA finals and Chris Milton and Drew Holiday from the team that won the NBA finals. So Ryan, after all three players were done with the finals, flew over to the Olympics. Reporters were asking Gavin Booker, how was your flight? Was there uh, any bad blood? And he was saying, nah, he was saying, Chris and I, as in Chris Milton, you know, we were talking all the you know, we're getting excited for next year, you know, hoping to have great seasons again. And then he was saying, but Drew, you know, he just kept on making fun of me. He just kept on remembering the couple of turnovers I had, those couple missed shots. And he was saying, he just would not let me live those down. Afterwards, he said he was basically joking, and it was all in good fun. But, Ryan, definitely, that would be one of my nightmares, is if, I mean, obviously it would be amazing to be in the NBA Finals, but then after you lose, they have to ride a long plane ride with the winners. Sure, it must have been fun for Holiday and uh, Middleton, but not so much for Booker. Happy birthday, Drew Holiday. Hopefully you can win another NBA Finals, and I'm too disappointed about this year. Ryan. Uh, basically wraps up the podcast, but we are so excited for the NBA Finals. So much going on. Ryan, tell me, what are you really interested to see over this next week? Yeah, I mean, again, just Jason Tatum. Can he step up? We know Steph Curry is going to have a great series. If the Warriors win, I guarantee Steph Curry is going to be Finals MVP. But as we talked about with the Celtics, it's three guys. And Andrew, it's interesting because a lot of times you see guys, they're interested to win the Finals. But also, they're interested to win Finals MVP. I mean, don't get me wrong, for people's legacy, a finals is huge. But I mean, a finals MVP, that changes so many people's entire legacies around. Definitely helped Kawhi Leonard a ton winning that finals MVP for the Spurs. And then the Raptors. I mean, just unbelievable. Kevin Durant winning both of those finals MVPs for the Warriors when they won those championships in 2017 and 2018. Andrew, whoever wins finals MVP, this will extremely help their legacy is again they got to make sure their team is going to win the finals and I think that definitely will slightly help the Celtics just as the Warriors are saying yeah we just want to win but with the Celtics each guy is doing whatever they can to win the finals and then to win that MVP award Andrew I'm so excited for the NBA finals not to end but just to show us who is the champion who will etch their name into legacy will the Warriors win their fourth finals in eight years will the Celtics edge the Lakers for the most championships in in team history. Will they capture that number? Elusive 18. Will they win their first championship in 14 years? Andrew, we will find out who will be the NBA champion. Andrew, we will find all of this out next week on Twin, Twin Talk, Talk MN. MN. Oh my god, why would you, you didn't 